Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast, hosted by Marianne Bailey. Each week we sit down with seniors age 55 and up to share stories that will inspire you to live your life to the fullest. Plus, information on the latest services that will allow you to make your golden years into platinum years. So, grab your cup of joe, sit back, and get inspired. And now just a quick message from our sponsor of the day, Anchor by Spotify. Hi friends, this is Marion Bailey from The Hip Senior. Have you ever wondered what it takes to have a podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you that Anchor.fm is one of the easiest ways to get started. You can have a podcast up and running in one day. Did you know that? You can talk about things in your past, things that are going to happen in the future, things about a business or a volunteer opportunity. There's all kinds of reasons and things that you can do with a podcast. And I'm here to let you know that using Anchor by Spotify is one of the easiest ways to make a podcast. Everything that you need to record a podcast, to edit it, and to get it listed in all the major podcast listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Everything's in one place. Simple to do. And oh, I forgot to mention, it's completely free. If you want more information about hosting a podcast or getting started, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now back to our podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Marianne Bailey with the Hip Senior Podcast. And today I am so excited that we are in studio with Kathy Druffner from Druffner Professional Organizing. Kathy does move management. And today I wanted to learn more about what move management means. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Marianne. I enjoy being here. We're glad to have you. So tell us, what does move management mean? Move management can encompass so many different things. Often it's preparing before you move so that you're not paying to move things that you're not going to use or that won't fit in your new location, especially if you're downsizing, or it's getting you settled in so that when you arrive at your new location, you can sleep, brush your teeth, have breakfast, get dressed without feeling so discombobulated that you can't get started especially if you have medical issues where meals and meds are important and you need to make sure that part is accessible when you need it. So I know you work a lot with seniors, but I could totally see how something like that would be um, even really needed from the younger group, parents that have children that are just lucky to get themselves from point A to point B that day or that weekend or whatever, and and being able to get set up to, you know, feed their kids or be able to brush their teeth before they go to bed or have their beds set up at night or something. Is that something that you do also for like that type of age group as well? Yes, it applies to all all ages, um, all walks of life because usually you're moving because there's a change. Um, Either your family's growing or you don't need that big house anymore, but things are different. And every home you go into, the layout will be different. And it's a lot of work. You don't realize how much you have till you have to start opening every cupboard and closet and drawer and either boxing it up or getting rid of it. So um, it can apply anywhere. And it's making your new space work for you uh, because it will, again, be different from what your habits were at your last place. The kitchen may not be laid out the same way. So, you know, are you a coffee drinker, a tea drinker, shakes? Um, Where would you like it? You know, what's the lighting like? Do you want your table by the window or do you 
like to kind of cozy in against the wall while you listen to radio or something. That's fair. So going back to seniors then, so I imagine that this is really important for seniors as well, because a lot of times they're going from either their home or from one senior home uh, living condition to another, and there might not be a whole lot of time um, to get them organ settled before they get to their new place. Um, so that is, that is true. That is true, especially if it's a medical uh, reason they're moving. Um, something happened and you can't go home. So you don't have that, that gift of choice where you can truly sift through everything. So often that focus is what, do, what are your absolute minimum needs? What makes you comfortable and what makes it feel like home for you? It's just, it's just the rule of, of physics that you cannot fit a four-bedroom a four house into a, a, a one-studio apartment or one-bedroom apartment. It just doesn't work that way. But you can be comfortable and you can be happy and you can have some of the things you love there with you. It's just often you also have to make sure, well, not often, always, you have to make sure you have what you need as well. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I would imagine like if I, if my mom was moving, my mom's not in a nursing home, so I can say this, but like if she was moving from um, a nursing home, like say from one nursing home to another, say we didn't like the nursing home she was in, or it just wasn't providing the correct amount of care that she needed or something like that, that my attention would be on my mom though. So, so her transportation, how, how is she getting there? You know, is she comfortable? Um, how is she feeling? Is, is she emotionally um, upset about stuff? You know, my attention is going to be on her, not about her toothbrush or her favorite rocking chair or her other stuff. So I think ideally it would be uh, uh, necessary almost to hire somebody like you that I could communicate these needs with like, Hey, that's her favorite cu coffee cup in the mornings or whatever. So that, you know, by the time we got to that next location, hopefully that these things would be in place and it would just be boom, this is your new living place. You're all your favorite things and we're good to go. Yes. Ideally. Um, it's not always that simple because again, what is your favorite or what you think is their favorite? They, everyone needs to have some sense of control over their space and maybe the situation isn't what they would have chosen. They may have wanted to stay in their home, but um, you know, letting them participate in it and helping to, to decide what goes where. Because once we get things there, they can be moved around. Uh, you may want the coffee pot on the left side of the sink instead of the right side of the sink. Okay, not a problem, but you have your coffee pot. Um, it's, it's very disconcerting if someone comes in and just puts everything away wherever the box lands. Because if you don't have range of motion for your shoulders and you can't reach up, right, doesn't help to have your favorite mug on that shelf. So a lot of times, it's a two-step process of, um, you know, getting it in there and then tweaking it as to what what really works. And especially when you're dealing with possible physical disabilities, um, that's a lot of times why you see things piled around a chair because that's where the table is in the flat spot or the best light. And therefore, it just it doesn't look pretty, but that's functional. So you have to balance. The function with the um, aesthetics a little bit more than you would in your own, in a in a larger home, right? If that makes sense. So, what do you do? You have like an example of like the most challenging job you've ever done. Um, we had a four thousand square foot house. Um, that and and uh, she's given me permission to 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 do this story because at the time I told her you are in my next story. She, um, they were moving, she, she became wheelchair bound, so she could not, the house was just too much, but it was very full. And trying to go through each thing, she needed to look at it and touch it and tell a story to it. And that took a couple weeks before she started getting comfortable enough that it didn't, 
she could make that quick decision of, yes, I like it. No, I don't. But uh, her little granddaughters were helping me and they'd always say, why, why does Grammy, why does Grammy um, always say yes to you and not to us? And um, they were, I heard the seven-year-old trying to read something and it was like, gall, gall stones. I'm like, wait, what? And I looked at it and it was a little baggie of gallstones. And I thought, ooh, okay, guys, go ask Grammy about this, um, thinking that they would get a win and, and Grammy would obviously say, no, don't take that. Um, they came back and they said, no, she wants to keep it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I go walking in there and she's grinning at me. And I'm like, really, really? What are you gonna do with these? And she's like, I thought I'd make a, little earrings and a necklace wouldn't that be darling I'm like no no it wouldn't and she's laughing about it but she truly at times she she would she was so concerned about trying to keep her life the same that uh, you know common sense was being overrun by the sentimental reasons for holding on to things so it 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 was it was a challenge um, to try to get her to part with certain things, and that's for all of us. But our needs change, our tastes change, um, and our our life changes. You don't have the same room you had when you were three, right? You know, when you're 13, it becomes something else. When you're 23, it becomes something else. When you're 53, 83, it's different, and that's okay. So. Um, you know, there's, there is, there is that, that fear of losing everything. Um, so, so you do have to take the time and, and getting into that rhythm is usually the most challenging part. Um, and it's just getting used to the person who's helping you, whomever that may be. Um, sometimes family isn't the best choice because they tend to argue or here, you take it you need this, you should keep this, you take it to your house. It, it's like, I, I, I don't need another whatever. Um, and you have to respect that too. So there's, there's, there's that balance of, of knowing, just thinking more about yourself because really the most important thing to keep are the memories that are in your head and in your heart. The stuff is, at the end of the day is just stuff and it can either enhance your life or really slow you down. And I think one, you know, so I think I've talked with somebody else about the kind of this concept of that grandparents and millennials right now or younger have very different theories on what's important. So grandparents tend to, or at least the ones that are 70s, 80 year old at this point, they tend to think that like, oh, things are important. My china is important. My, you know, my silver is important. These are things that I want my grandchildren to have because, or my daughter or, or whoever. And then, but the younger crowds, the millennials and stuff like that right now, they're wanting, they would much rather have money, you know, to, to go on excursions, to go on trips and have those experiences and, and stuff like that. So I think that people need to start having these conversations through the years um, as grandparents start to age, um, setting up expectations that their grandchildren or their great-grandchildren aren't going to necessarily want their stuff. And that maybe through, you know, maybe we need to start uh, downsizing as we go along. If, you know, if we downsize to a smaller house or something, say, hey, you know, someday you maybe end up in a senior home or a ni really nice living facility and you're not going to be able to have all of the stuff let's start deciding now what's going to happen to the stuff and who it's going to go to and is it going to go to a charity or something like that because nobody in the family really wants it and for grandparents to be open-minded enough to be able to say oh i understand you know i i get it but start having those conversations with them before they're before they're too old to not understand that sometimes when dementia and some of these stuff start setting in people tend to forget and get confused and get upset really easily if you have those conversations with them so start putting wishes and wants in writing and have those conversations with them so that the grandchildren aren't stuck with a bunch of stuff that they don't want and the grandparents aren't upset that their children don't want the stuff that they want to go have the free 
the ability to go on trips and stuff like that and not be tied down with stuff, you know, what they, what they don't think is, is important. And the grandparents did. Agreed. Agreed. Earlier generations, it was stressed to accumulate and work hard and get have better than what your parents had and and as parents that was your that was your pride and joy that your kid did better than you did and um it was important and you spent more time at home people didn't eat out every night they didn't um you know travel hop a hop a plane because the airfares were cheap it was a very different your home was your center of your family life and your social life so yes those things were used now on average, you know, thirty-somethings uh, now will will have three, four, five addresses before they quote finally settle down. That's a lot of moving, and it's not cheap to move. Um, and every place is different, and um, it's it's more important to save for the kids' tuition than you know have silver and china and things that won't go in the dishwasher, and. Um, a lot of times you keep something because it belonged to your grandma, but if you never knew your great grandma or your great great grandma, that connection's not there because you never knew them. Mm -hmm. You have stories and you may rather have the pictures than the actual coffee urn that is of no use to you. Um, right. Some clients that do want to hold on to a few pieces that were given to them by their senior relatives, but they don't know what to do with them, will try to repurpose. Like um, I had, I had a, a client whose great grandmother, she told her just pick me, she knew her. So she said, you know, pick me out something you think I'd, you'd like me to have. And it was a ginormous covered vase that she just was never going to use. So we ended up putting it on a top shelf in her office so she could see it. And then she used it to store like extra office supplies. That way it's repurposed, it's honored but it's not in her prime real estate area, which is everything that you can reach easily. That space is going to be for what you really need. Um, and, and it's not, they're not disrespecting you if they don't want the stuff. The stuff is just stuff. If it all burnt down tomorrow, it would be better to have you with them than your right. stuff. And those memories, like um, I told you earlier that I, I downsized recently um, a couple of times. I got divorced. I moved into a condo. Um, I 75% um, of my stuff was resold, you know, was sold, left behind, whatever. And um, people were, were like, what about all your stuff? I'm like, that is all stuff. It's, it's brain clutter to me. Um, then I've kind of downsized a couple of times since then. And... I have very little that I'm still toting around with me and most of the stuff I've been emotionally been able to detach, you know, like my front, none of my furniture were, were emotional things for me. They weren't antiques handed down, whatever I do have. I forgot. I do have one piece of, of antique furniture and that was my grandmother's sewing machine that thing weighs a freaking ton and I'm still carrying that around with me and I don't know what to do with it because I don't sew. So I have this antique sewing cabinet loaded with her sewing machine. The drawers are filled with antique uh, zippers and thread and uh, belts for the sewing machine and uh, closures and, and buttons and all kinds of stuff. I have no idea what to do with this. My daughter doesn't sew. She doesn't want that and doesn't want to carry it around. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this anymore. <laughs> so I still carry it around with me. And I, I have fond memories of my grandmother hemming our jeans when we were kids. She was wonderful at it. I do have those memories of her using it, but I don't know what to do with it. Well, those kinds of things um, can be sold. You can post them on Facebook. Um, Facebook Marketplace is a great way to sell those things and even to buy little odds and ends that you might you might need. Um, you know, what I often stress with my clients is this isn't all just, it's not like a TV show where they show everything going into a dumpster and that's it. We're not doing that. If, if we can donate it and someone buys it, they're buying it because they want it, they need it, they like it, and it's, it's, it's living on. 
And for you, it's just not worthy of you anymore. And that's okay. Um, it can be maybe recycled. It can, it can maybe have to go to the dump if it's just ruined and so old and broken. But yeah. there are alternatives. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and for, for, for some things, you know, like, like old camera equipment, like sewing equipment, it may not be of interest to you, but if you post it out there to sell or just put the word out to, to, to your friends, to your neighbors to say, know anybody who likes these, you'll be amazed at who comes forward and saying, oh yeah, I take those and I make arrangements out of them or I fix them or I know exactly what to do with them. Have at it. If you want to charge them, great. If, if you just say it's yours, but you have to come get it by Tuesday, always set a deadline because otherwise you're holding stuff for years um, and let it, let it go on. And, and um, you know, I, my thing is, it's, is it still worthy of you? Like holding on to those clothes because they were expensive clothes. Yes, but they don't fit you anymore. They're not in style. It's, they're not worthy of you anymore. You've moved on. You don't need to wear, you know, the leisure suit from 1970. You're you're a hipper guy now, or you know, you're 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 doing yoga pants and not not a shift dress. Okay, that's all right. Let it go because someone else can use it. And um, there's you know great charities out there that can do that, and some of them will just come and pick it up and and. Um, that's good too. So when you do the pickups, especially with COVID right now, there may be some delays. So if you have a tight, tight frame, um, it's better for you to drop them off instead. But um, a lot of stuff like that, uh, old metal, you put it out on the curb, the day before the trash, you'll be surprised how quick it disappears. And that's fine. They want to take it. Great. They obviously have a use for it. It's not your problem anymore. It's not worthy of you. Just let it go. The um, I know here in the Dayton area, we have, uh, for those of you that are listening, that have any kind of dress clothes that you're not using anymore, like maybe you've retired and you still have some uh, in-style uh, work clothes. So if there's, um, what, clothes that works, right? Isn't that the name clothes of Clothes at work. Clothes at work, yep. It's down on Edwin C., uh, they will take outfits. Um, they're basically helping people re-enter the job market, um, the homeless, usually getting them situated. So they need an interview outfit. And then if they get the job, from my understanding, they get to pick, I think it's six outfits, maybe seven, so that they now have a work wardrobe. So for men and women, so so for men who may not have suits, but they it's chinos and polos, same thing that will still work for them and what they can't use or what's not appropriate. Um, if it's too formal, they may put it in their boutique because um, somebody might need a, 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 after, a cocktail dress for a, for a, a, a night um, business event or uh, just something different. And then, I mean, it passes on, they're not gonna throw it in a dumpster. It, it goes to the next step. There, there's just this amazing chain of of um, hands that just keep passing it till it finds the right, the right place. Um, if you have, I know um, I was guilty of this for a long time. You always keep your old towels because you might use them for stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually, those accumulate a lot. So uh, they're great to to call Sixa and um, SPCAs and whatnot and say, Hey, do you need dog and cat towels? You know. Um, it's out of your space. It's serving a purpose, and we're good. So you know, it's 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 not. No one's trying to be disrespectful by trying by telling you to to let go of things. It's just that they no longer serve you. It, you're in a different. You're you're into a different space, a different life, and it's it's a chance to, um, you know, maybe try a different paint scheme, a different design a more comfortable chair i can't tell you how many times the recliner's falling apart that they want to move and it's like it's no wonder your back hurts right <laughs> let's let's get you a new one um that won't hurt you and that will fit in your new space the you know it's funny i think it's um 
again, it's it's hard to let uh, go of things. Like often we're in the corporate world working and then we start a job and we're working from, or we start our own business and we're working from home or we're doing more physical things than we used to and we don't need to wear high heels and hose and dresses and stuff like that. And it's really hard to let go of the notion that you're probably not going to need that stuff again. You know, people need, you know, they need a few dresses. They go, you know, if they go to church or they have to attend a funeral or they have like a meeting with somebody that's important or a couple suits, but you know what? You don't need 10 business suits. You don't need, you know, 50 pairs of high heel shoes. And please forgive me, women don't call me yelling at me because I know some of you will disagree with me, but you really don't. Um, there's, there's just so many things that we hold on to this notion that maybe in the future we will need it. And chances are, if we do need it in the future, we can go out and buy it again because, or go to a thrift store or go to a consignment store and purchase something that's been gently used before as well. Um, because in five or 10 years, chances are those things are gonna be out of style. So don't hold on to that stuff based on, I might need it in the future. You're just holding on that the more you clear out space, you know, clearer space, clearer mind. I always know I can always think so much clearer when I go into my closet and I look at it when, before I moved this time, I'm house sitting for some clients. Everybody knows that. And when they come back, I was like, okay, so I went and cleaned out my closet before I moved this time. And literally two thirds of my closet, I was able to give away to somebody that was down on their luck, having a really hard time and, and needed clothes. And I packed up all, I gave away a third at first. And then I realistically looked at it again and, and filtered down another third and said, hey, can you use more clothes? And she said, yeah. Yeah, so statistically, said, they say we only wear 20%. Hmm? She has more clothes than I do now. <laughs> but, but I was being trying to be very realistic in what, what don't I really wear in here? Why am I lugging all this stuff around that I'm not wearing, you know? In the closet right now, I've probably got 20 pairs of pants. I probably wear three of them, you know? So I still have some work to do, but I think a lot of people just hold on to this notion of what if I need this in the future. And well, I do recommend that, you know, okay, maybe keep a dark suit for funerals, something that you love that fits you right. and that's in good repair. Cause a lot of times you start looking at these old suits and they've got moth holes, buttons, missing stains, broken zippers. They're not worthy of you anymore. Um, and we only wear 20% of what we own and it's usually what's in the front and center of the closet. So, you know, be critical about it. It's okay to let it go. Um, your styles are going to change um, and your lifestyle is changing. So you're, 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 you know, just this past year is a great example of that. Most of us um, probably haven't put on a pair of heels more than maybe twice this past year. How many of us have put on clothes that actually zip up like jeans <laughs> instead of like yoga pants and sweatpants, you know? Yes. Even <laughs> jewelry is, is not something that you grab if you, if you're in or running and, you know, you have to put your mask on and, and um, it's just, it's changed. I mean, well, some people say we won't go back to ever dressing up. I, I, I disagree with that. But again, um, it's be realistic and honor yourself and let yourself be who you are now, not who you were. Yeah. Because you're, you know, we improve every day. And and stop thinking about who you're going to be in the future because we can't predict what the future is going to be. Oh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have predicted that I'd be having this conversation with you, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago. It, it, right. it just, it, you know, you just don't know. Right. Um, so yes, it's, an, it's a comfort to have some of those things around you that are familiar, have good memories, um, but they don't have to be so numerous that you're walking a teeny path through your apartment or your house because your memories are just crowding out. It doesn't allow you to make new memories. It doesn't allow you to enjoy your family and friends because they, they, they can't come over. It controls you. And I have seniors people seniors houses in the Dayton area where they have had very minimal space to walk like that and I'm like you know I'm not there as an organizer I'm there to teach them technology or whatever it is that they want to learn but 
at the same time, I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, how are you able to walk through here? This is a hazard, not only to you falling and, and stuff, but also, you know, if there was a fire, you know, you're, you're, you'd be fueling that fire. So sometimes cleaning out stuff isn't necessarily just a matter of, you know, clean mind, clean space. It's a matter of, you know, physical safe uh, space. Yeah. So, yeah. um, cause those magazines a lot, um, you know, they, they tend to fall over. You step on those that's slick. Yeah. Oh, so flying. And if they can't get a gurney in to wheel you out and you have a potential back or hip or head injury, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I find that a lot of, um, People who are afraid to let go of paper because they might need the information on it at some point. If you haven't, if a magazine article grabbed you at that point, but you haven't gone back and looked at it in a year, move it on, let it go. Um, there's nothing we can't get on the internet. And if you're not internet savvy, you know someone who is, who can look it up for you. Um, there's and I tell people all the time, I'm like, if, you've got that paper receipt, let me show you how to take a picture of that and upload that to uh, Google, you know, Google documents or whatever. And that way you can reference back to it if you have, but you don't have to be lugging this paper around with you. Um, will you ever reference back to it? Right, right. Most often, once you, once you have, have it done, it's done. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and those grocery receipts, when you get home, put them in the trash. Don't just toss them on the counter and get to them later because they accumulate. The um, nice thing about that is these days, since we all register our phone number or our emails with grocery stores, that we can go on the website and access those receipts should we, should we need them. But the nice thing is the stores can access them as well. So you don't need receipts like you used to. Everybody tracks that information. Even things like... Um, booklets for you know your washing machine you don't need to keep that you can find that online if you need it you know don't and don't... chances are you're not going to be the one messing with your yeah. <laughs> washer you're going to call a professional who has their own knowledge to it and and that that brings up the point of junk mail you know especially during um election seasons oh, you in medicare season you get inundated don't even bring it in the house, you know, send it right out. You, you got the, you might need to keep one with all the, the names of, of your party's people so that, you know, but once you've got it in your head and you know it, you don't need all of it. Yeah. Um, and all the Medicare stuff, you don't need to save every single one. Um, it, it just, just save yourself that time right now. Um, all the, all the yard um, treatment flyers are coming in. If you don't have a yard or you already have somebody who does it, let them go, put them right in the recycling and be done with it. Keep that out of your space, protect your space. Your space should only have what's worthy of you in it, not everything that everyone else decides should be there. The problem is right now that we have so many people. Um, so the people that are 80 and 90 years old, I imagine, are probably more prone to this than than younger. But those people still remember the wars, like World War II or stuff, Vietnam and stuff like that. And they hoarded things like when my grandmother passed away, she had drawers in her kitchen. A, with the bottom drawer was all filled with rags, you know, some of which she never gotten to the bottom of, of, of that pile. Uh, then the top drawers had napkins and folded paper towels that she accidentally tore off or ketchup uh, packets or different, you know, different stuff that she thought, oh, I might need this. And they think, you know, they, they tend to think I might need this in the future because there might be another war or whatever the case is. And they stash all this stuff. I mean, I found all kinds of stuff stashed throughout her place. And I was just like, you know, like things like straws you know, 30 year old straws that she would keep. And I'm like, I promise you, you did not need this stuff. Why were you keeping all this stuff? But I couldn't say it to her because she's dead. So, <laughs> but it's just a matter of, you know, sometimes have talking to your loved ones and making sure they understand that, uh, that 
It's kind of hard to say that though. Who would have ever thought we'd be in the middle of a pandemic? So sometimes things, you know, like toilet paper, you know, everybody panicked over that and rushed and whatever, totally different subject. But, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, but you know, you'll be taken care of there. Amazon, there's things that you can order. There's, you're not, you're not going to be, but it's hard when your loved ones and they pass away and you find all of this stuff or you haven't been to their home for a while because maybe you had a falling out or something and found out that they were hoarders and stuff. Do you deal, do you work with hoarders or is that just too much for you? Um, I have worked for hoarders. Um, it, it's, it's a specialty. Um, I don't feel comfortable working with most of the cases on that because you are dealing with people who, um, it's psychological as well yeah. as just physical. Yeah, definitely um, the balance. people brought into that scenario. Yeah, I, I worked on the hoarder set for um, one time when they, they did a shoot in Dayton, and it was fascinating um, to, 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 to just watch how it was all done. But there's a, there's a delicate balance there because you have to respect the person that owns things as well. And, and it, it may not be a logical attachment, but it's often um, seated in the fear of being without or feeling of security. Uh, one example that's often used is someone who sleeps on the street, keeps everything mounded around them, keeps them hidden, keeps their stuff close, keeps them protected. The habit is to do that when they're given an apartment, they may fall right back to that same habit because that's what they know and that that's what makes them feel safe. Um, you know, going back to your grandmother's drawer with all of that, part of it is just like, not being wasteful right. to, to, to appreciate and respect the abundance we have. Um, but you can keep it um, controlled in that, okay, this is my ketchup packets are in, let's say this little juice glass. And if they don't fit in there, I don't need them. Or I just swap them out because now they're too old. Right. Um, but the, the, we're like 20 years old plus I'm like there's no way any of this is good you know right you, you forget though and and um you know my dad used to joke that there was um every everything has two uses the one it was made for and the one you find and um that was usually when we were trying to, to get him to get rid of all the little nuts and bolts and broken vacuum cleaners that he might take parts off and he would he would do that at times but um you know it it it's it's that balance of just respecting and coming out of the wars and out of um, the depression era, mm -hmm. you, you were thankful to have whatever you could have. And you got very, um, had a lot of ingenuity in coming up with different things that it could be used for. So um, it, it, is, it is hard to walk that line and not feel that you're being wasteful when, you know, they, they've seen things we've never seen as far as being um, without and just can't find it. Um, the pandemic has given us a little taste of that. I mean, uh, you know, people hoarding Italian seasoning because you can't find it on the shelves. Really? <laughs> you know, what, what does that have to do with anything? There's no logic to it, but thing, you know, it, it, it happens, but we can adapt and, um, you know, be reasonable. Yes, you want three packages of backup toilet paper, fine, but you don't need three cases. It just doesn't serve anybody. And it certainly doesn't serve you, especially if you don't have the room for it. Right, right. All right. Well, I have learned a lot from you today. Um, well, speaking of learning, what about Marie Kondo? <laughs> how, how do you feel about her? Culturally, I understand where she's coming from in her culture. I had one client um, that uh, I asked her how she met me and she held up that book and she said, I, I started to read this and I decided I really needed to get started and I found your name and she goes, I'm going to start right now with this and she waves the book and drops it in the trash can next to her. And she said, she said, if you make me talk to anything we're not going to be getting along very well. And I said, I, I totally agree. 
it's, it's, it's the awareness of what you have, um, I think is the good message from Marie Kondo of knowing like, is it truly something, why are you keeping it? But you don't, talking to it is, I will never make any of my clients talk to their belongings. I don't think anybody can actually keep any of their underwears that drawer that clean as well. Or no, I always tell, I, I, I tell my, my clients too, like, it's very pretty to color code your closet. You see the pictures in magazines and, and on TV, but one load of laundry is going to just throw that out the window. Cause you're not going to sit there and just try to determine whether this blue should be on the left-hand side of that other blue shirt or on the right-hand side. Just, just do me a favor and hang it up. That's all, you know, it, it's, it's, um, that's another thing with organizing is working with your habits, not someone else's. Um, I liken it to if you're, if you're right-handed and I'm left-handed and I set up your desk, it's not going to work for you. It's going to feel awkward. Right. Let's work with the habits, especially if you um, have kids in the house, rather than fighting with them every day to walk to the front of the house after they come in the back door and hang up their coats, let's, let's make a, a receiving area near the door you actually use. And then that way it's contained, it's hung up and you're, you're saving you the aggravation of, of, of badgering everyone to go to the front coat closet and hang up their coats. Cause that's the way the house was designed. You know, if, if you think about it, most people don't use their front doors, they use their, their side or their back doors. And that's not where the coat closet is. Have you ever been dragged into the scenario where you've got two competing personalities, say a man and his wife, the wife likes buying things from, I don't know, um, websites where you can buy stuff really cheap or, or, you know, uh, auction type stuff. Bargain buying. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the man wants his house clean and they can just never agree to that. Do you ever get pulled into those type of scenarios? Yes. Yes. And, and a lot of times it really comes down to some of us are out of sight, out of mind. So we need to see it. And then other people, everything has a place and a place for everything. And then, um, it, it, it does start to clash and it's often maybe the storage is all glass storage or some way that you can see and it's open. So maybe if we just compromise and the, the um, you know, person who needs it out of sight has some places to put things and it minim minimizes more what's out in vision, um, but giving each person their space. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, especially among couples, when you're a kid, you have your room you have your your desk or something but as adults when we share a bedroom it's it's like we no longer have our own space so um sometimes especially where it gets to be whether you call it hoarding pack rat or a collector um they can do what they want you give them a space you can do anything you want in this room but that door stays closed if it leaks out into the public area into the TV room area where the get your guests will be, your friends will be. It's fair game that it can be pitched, it can be moved, it can be whatever, because you got to keep your stuff in there if it gets that bad. It's personalities and seeing seeing how um, how they interact and and why. Why is someone much more minimalist or maximalist? Right. Um, it 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 could be just. You know, it's their passion. It's the way they pass time. They collect. They go to the the um, estate sales. Um, it's kind of fun to go to them. I've I've I'm guilty of that as well. But on the flip side, are you buying it because it's of interest or just it was an impulse buy and that's it? So it it is it is hard. Every every situation is different. So you you have to kind of go in and be half half psychologist and therapist and. Well, that would be a third and a third and then a third organizing as well. I used to love yard sales. And then when I started minimalizing, I realized that I just literally could not keep cash in my pocket and could not stop at yard sales because it'd be like, oh, look at how cute this is. Or look, another set of Christmas plates for Christmas time that need to store somewhere and I don't have room for that. And so I literally had to stop doing that. But the other flip to that was, I haven't had cable TV and I can't tell you how many years the people that I'm house sitting for have cable TV now. So I've been able to watch a couple episodes of hoarders 
And oh my goodness. I mean, the one that stands out the most was this woman who had been, she would, her husband would throw, throw things away and she would pull it out of the trash, you know, thinking, oh, he might need that in the future. And he's like, well, if I need it in the future, I wouldn't have thrown it away. Um, and then, so she had things in her, and so they could have people over for dinner and, and the house looked okay. But like in spare rooms, those were packed or whatever. She had a storage um, at one of the storage facilities. She had a storage unit completely filled up with stuff um, and told her husband, okay, I have the storage unit and what's in the house and that's it. What she didn't tell him was that she had another storage unit that she was paying on. And she also had a uh, an office space, like a big uh, showroom actually, um, in downtown in their city that they lived in filled with stuff as well. And this man was knocked off his chair when he found out all this stuff. He's like, I don't even know how to move forward with this person because I'm so dismayed at how much she went to hide all of this, all this stuff from me and how much she more she had than, than she told me. So I could see how a, it could be a very disruptive thing between couples uh, families, their, their whole family was distraught. Like, you know, why, why in the world? And some of the kids knew. So the father was like, you know, how were you guys keeping this and why were you keeping it from me? That's not nice. Um, or, you know, between, um, uh, when it's an older person like that, when it's someone, the family that are trying to make life better for them and get them in a home or, or whatever. And they're not willing to part with some of their stuff and whatever. So I'm just so glad that, um, there are people um, that are willing to help people downsize. Um, I understand that that the whole hoarding thing is, is a completely different scenario and that uh, psychology right. and stuff like that need to be involved because usually it is very deep rooted. It's it's Yes, that example of yours is very much a therapist situation. Yeah, yeah. like sometimes, you know, their, their parents desert them as a child and they feel like they have to hold on to stuff. There, there's a billion different reasons. Yes. I've why people hold on to things and i totally get that and i sympathize for those people because it's not just a matter of them holding on there's other reasons so i completely understand that but people that are downsizing um, as they get older um i hats off to them because they realize that hey things are going to have to be my parents uh moved to a different location and thank god they did because their house was so big i was trying to figure out how in the world if something were to happen to them how i was going to be able to maintain my life and go through their home and separate emotional, you know, from stuff. Oh, I remember this when I was a kid type stuff and whatever. Luckily my parents took care of most of that stuff for me at this point. Um, but there are a lot of families out there that do need help from people like you. So my hat's off to you. I'm so grateful that you. you do what you do and that you have the heart and the soul uh, to be working with seniors when you do and to be um just be understanding of of what it is that they're going through thank you very much yes it is it is it's always different and it's always i like it and i i i have met the most interesting people and um you know it, it is about being comfortable so if you do look to hire an organizer it's so, you know, interview them first, have them come over, meet them because we're going to be in your stuff. And it's okay if your personalities don't match because um, it just makes it harder for both parties. I always tell my, my prospects that, you know, it's okay. If you don't think it's going to work out with, with, between us, it's okay because whomever you have in, you have to trust. And that's hard when you first meet someone. Right. Now, do you just work in the Dayton area? Do you travel? What, what it, what is your kind of thumb rule of thumb as for when you're accepting jobs? So well, I'll go from basically Springfield down to um, Springboro. Um, if depending on how far it is, um, I tend to want the sessions to be longer. I'm not going to drive an hour to work for a half hour um, or I will charge some travel time if it's, if it's quite a bit away. Um, and I, I do by the hour or I do some project rates if uh, it's going to be a bigger project. We try to, I try to keep the sessions to about four hours. Um, 
at a time because it does get exhausting. It's hard to make all those decisions. Um, and sometimes you're just not physically feeling, you're just having a, a puny day, if you will, and you're just not up for it. Um, and then sometimes we hit a good breaking point, a stopping point where, you know, okay, we've only done two hours, but um, we're at a good stopping point and you, you did a really good job today. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's call, let's, let's call it for the day. So, um, you know, the, it, it, it just truly depends. Um, I'm happy to talk to people and if I can't help them, I'll try to get them hooked up with someone who can and get their problem solved. Okay. That seems fair. Okay. Um, and so how can people reach you if they want to hire you or talk to you about hiring you? Well, you can call or you can email. Um, my number is 937-271-4154. That's 937-271-4154. That is my mobile. I answer that um, basically, you know, nine to five workday, but you can, you can text, you can text or call on that. And if I'm with a client, I will, I will get back to you. Um, or you can email me at dp that's like Druffner professional dp organizing at gmail.com all right and we will put all of that in the comment section of the podcast if you happen to miss it um kathy it's been an honor and i'm so grateful that uh you uh, decided to join us here on the podcast and i wish you all the best in your organizing experiences well thank you so much it's been fun it's been fun. So if you haven't been to thehipsenior.com, be sure to head over there because that's where you're going to find magazine articles and podcast episodes and directory listings to help you shop safer. So please join us at thehipsenior.com and check out everything that we're about. And we will talk to everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Hip Senior Podcast. Remember to subscribe or you'll miss out on more inspirational stories that will make your golden years into platinum years. If you'd like to learn more about the senior services provided today, please visit us online at www.thehipsenior.com.